Open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. That's where we will begin. And um, I'm going to teach a lesson tonight. I'm going to answer the question, does God decide, does God predetermine who goes to heaven and who goes to hell? To be honest with you, the question is very frustrating to me that anybody would even pose that question or someone would even twist a scripture to say, God has already decided who gets to go to heaven and who has to go to hell. But it's important that we see what the scriptures say. And I'm going to answer that question. Does God decide, does God predetermine who goes to heaven and or who goes to hell? Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the reading of your word and the teaching of the lesson. I thank you for the word of God. And Lord, even though my faith has found a resting place, I do not have any doubt in this subject, but to read the multitude of verses to answer this question certainly adds an exclamation point to the assurance I have in my heart that I'm your child, and Lord, you gave me the privilege, the opportunity to put my faith and trust in you. And Lord, as a boy some 50 years ago, I trusted you as Savior, and you gave me everlasting life. I pray that you'd help us as we study your word tonight here in the church and many folks at home and not just in our town but Lord across America as many, many folks have become faithful watchers of our Wednesday night program. I pray that you'd bless in Jesus' name, amen. One of the great Bible truths about salvation is the privilege to know that you're saved. Not to hope, not to wish, not to think so, not to, boy, I believe I am, not to be 99%, but I can know 100% sure that I'm going to heaven when I die. Here's what the Bible says, 1 John 5, verse number 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe, to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. It has been a surprise, it has been a shock to me as I've witnessed to folks for many years who have gone to church many, many times in many years and have never read that verse and never come to the understanding that you can know that you have eternal life. Sadly, many have fallen prey to the ideologies that man cannot know if he's going to heaven or if he's going to hell until he dies, until he goes there. So we go through life wondering, hoping, thinking, trying to live good sometimes, and maybe he'll choose us to go to heaven. This idea makes God into a creator of evil and a conniver of deceit. Nothing could be further from the truth that God determines for some by his will to spend eternity in hell. There are those that teach and believe that God has predetermined and chosen people that will be born and live and they will spend eternity in hell because God has chosen them. How foolish. 
Now, folks, ignorance of truth would have to be the mother of fear and doubt, confusion and human despair. We don't have to live in ignorance. Ignorance, it's an interesting word. It's in the Bible often. It means to ignore available truth. We don't have to live in ignorance, especially since we hold and own the Word of God. So tonight we're going to look at from God's Word. It's not a book about God. This is what God has written. This is God's Word. This is what He said. We're going to look at His Word tonight. I'm glad that we hold in our hands the eternal Word of God. Can you imagine a God that gives man a Bible to read, to understand? He commands man to obey and yet does not give him any hope or assurance that he can know of his eternal destiny, that would not be the God that's described in the Bible that we have. Now, why would anyone believe such ideas and theories? Well, basically because it dismisses man's responsibility from the instruction of the Word of God to give the gospel to every creature, every person in the world. It appeals to man's laziness, and all of us have it. We've all tested positive for laziness. We all have it. I mean, we want comfort, and we would like to just sit here and enjoy life until Jesus comes. But he didn't leave us here after salvation to just sit and wait. He left us here with a responsibility, in fact, a mandate to get the gospel to the world. There are nine different statements I want to try to make in the time that I have tonight. First of all, in the Bible, God commands that man reason, choose, repent, believe, and receive. Now, there are a multitude of verses that tell us to reason, to consider in our mind, to reason. There are many verses in the Bible that tell us to choose. There are many verses in the Bible that tells men to repent. There are many verses that tell us to believe. The Bible says in uh, John 1, 12, but as many as received him. That's up to man. That's man's responsibility. Man has to decide if he will believe. Man has to decide if he will receive. One cannot believe, one cannot read the Bible without seeing that you and I are responsible to respond to the truths, the commandments, and the instructions of the word of God. Number two, God's grace and mercy operates on man's decisions. God's grace and mercy operates on man's decisions. Uh, God does not say, I'm going to give grace to him and him and him, but now that that third daughter there, that fourth son, I'm not going to give grace to them. I'm going to send them to hell. Uh, And and these over here, how ridiculous that thinking is, especially for one that's read the Bible. God's grace is extended to everyone. It is received to those who are willing to receive God's grace that's extended to all men. Let me start in the beginning. God placed man in the Garden of Eden and told him not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Man had to make a decision of obedience or disobedience. Man disobeyed God. How sad it is. I want you to take your Bibles and go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, and I want you to go uh, to verse number 11. That's where we will start reading. And I want you to notice in Genesis 3, verse 11, and through verse 17. Verse 11, And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? 
hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Now, wait a minute. Does God not know the answer to that question? Do you not see man's responsibility here? God is telling man, I want you to acknowledge what you've done. I want you to acknowledge the choice and the decision that you've made. Verse number 12, and the man said, the woman who thou gavest it to be with me. Fellas, that's the oldest excuse in the book for sure. Right there it is. She did it. She, she caused me to do it. Oldest excuse in the book. You've heard that. That's where that saying comes from right there. She gave me of the, of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. She blamed the devil. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above uh, every beast of the field. And, and, and I skipped a word I want to point out, because... You see, there's a responsibility, the result of Satan's behavior. You'll see the result of their behavior in just a moment. And then the Bible says, Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Verse 15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. One is a bruise that is not fatal, but thank God Satan's pronouncement of judgment has already been given, and one day will be cast into hell for all eternity. Verse number 16, unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, because. That word means it is hinged on his behavior, hinged on his decision. Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. The curse of sin is here today because. Adam's decision. Now that's the first example. Now, now, in my personal study of the Bible, I don't need 455 answers to confirm the answer. If God said it once, that's good enough for me. But this is shown throughout the scripture, and I'm going to take as much of the time that I have tonight and just walk you through those things. Here's another illustration. Cain and Abel were two of the sons of Adam and Eve. Abel decided to offer a sacrifice that was acceptable to God that was a blood sacrifice. They had been taught that because if you read the story, you would see that they were ashamed of their nakedness. They took leaves and they covered themselves. That did not satisfy God. And it's a picture of man's idea of religion. God killed the lamb. The blood was spilt. He took the skin of the lamb, which is a first picture of God's predetermined decision for him to come to all the world to be saved, the perfect lamb of God. That lamb was killed and that skin was given for a covering. Adam taught his boys of the offering that God required and uh, Abel offered a sacrifice that was acceptable to God. Cain 
gave God the first of his fruits that he had raised in God and said, I can't accept that. That's not what I require. Now, Cain decided to kill his brother Abel because of jealousy. And I want you to notice one decision after another and every man, every man on his own had to live with the consequences of his own decision. Everyone had to live with their own decision. Now, how could anyone say, well, all of that was God's plan? Uh, God made Cain kill uh, Abel and God made uh, uh, Adam and Eve to be deceived and to disobey. And, and if, that would, if that were true, how could we believe this book and trust the God of heaven? How could we? Because that is not what this Bible teaches us through and through of the character and the characteristics of our God. Can we say that God put it in the heart of Cain to kill his brother? Uh, that would give man absolutely no hope and no assurance at all. How terrible it is. The next thing, number three, God placed cherubims with flaming swords at the garden to keep mankind out of the garden. Genesis 3, 22 through 24. This would not have been necessary if God had determined and controlled man's will. But he gave man a free will. And so he put those cherubims, those angels with flaming swords uh, there to protect that tree of life. And God did that because of the free will of man. Number four. God tells us to trust in Him throughout the Word of God. How many of you believe that? You believe God tells us, trust in me, trust in me, trust in me. Uh, let me give you some verses. Uh, Psalm 4, verse number 5. He tells us, offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in God. Psalm 37, 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Question, do we believe that God has instructed us to trust in the Lord? The answer is yes. Does everyone trust in the Lord? No. Man decides where he'll put his faith. Man decides where he will put his trust. Let's look at some verses together. Go to Isaiah and I've got several verses here that are close together. So if you'll find Isaiah 47, we'll just walk through a few of these verses and we'll see man's responsibility in making right decisions. And may I say to you and I tonight, this is not about us studying about someone else's free will. This is about us understanding we have the responsibility to reason, to study, to read the word of God and make obedient and right decisions before God. Isaiah 47.10, let's look at a sampling of these verses. 47.10, for thou hast trusted in thy wickedness. Thou hast said, none seeth me. Thy wisdom and thy knowledge, it hath perverted thee. And thou hast said in thine heart, I am and none else beside me. Here's, here, folks, they made the decision not to trust in God. They trusted in, the, in their wickedness. Jeremiah chapter 13. Jeremiah chapter 13. We're looking at folks that made decisions one way or the other to be obedient, to be disobedient, and then there was a consequence. I've, I've had folks tell me all of my life, well, that's my decision. And I tell them, you don't have to argue with me. Not only is it your decision that decision is required of you and you have to live with the consequences 
of your decision. I'm glad God gave me a Bible and said, this is the right decision to make you do this. I'll bless you. You do this, you'll find cursing for your disobedience. Look at Jeremiah uh, chapter 13, verse number 25. This is thy lot, the portion of thy measures from me, saith the Lord, because thou hast forgotten me and trusted in falsehood. God said, that's your fault because that's your decision. I don't decide for you. I tell you what you should decide. I tell you what you should do. And this notion that God has put us out here as robots just to live out something that's already decided is a lie. It is a heresy and it goes against this book right here. God gave me a free will and he told me, he said, if you'll follow my commandments, you're going to enjoy life and your life is going to be blessed. And even in sorrow, you'll find peace and you'll find a, a contentment even in difficulty and, in, and, and, and you'll have heaven for all eternity. But there is a responsibility that each of us have, our children have, our teenagers have, every person has to make right decision. Jeremiah 48, Jeremiah 48 we're in the same book toward the back of the book, Jeremiah 48. Look at verse number 7. Verse number 7. Now I'm already convinced that I want you to see these verses. Now I'm going to go through it with several angles here. And I want you to see that God has not decided if you're going to heaven or hell. But he has provided a way for you to go to heaven if you'll trust him. And more than that, he's provided a way for blessings if we'll be obedient to him. Jeremiah 48, verse number 7. For because thou has trusted in thy works and in thy treasures, thou also thou shalt also be taken. He goes on to tell them you're going to end up in captivity because your decisions. That's why I'm concerned for America tonight. I want America to make the right decisions because we have to suffer the consequences of our choices. Jeremiah 49, Jeremiah 49, then we'll go on to the next statement. Jeremiah 49, verse number 4. Jeremiah 49, 4, Wherefore gloriest thou in the valleys, uh, thy flowing valley, O backsliding daughter, that trusted in her treasures, saying, Who shall come unto me? Behold, I will bring a fear upon thee. That didn't have to happen. As a result of disobedience. And God tells us what the consequences are. Number five, fifth statement here. God tells man to submit. And I'm not going to look at a lot of verses here because I want to complete the lesson. I'm going to tell you what the verses are. And if you miss them, you can get them off of the recording here on Facebook. 1 Corinthians 16, 16 tells man to submit. Ephesians 5, 21 says submit one to another. Verse 22, wives submit to your husbands. Colossians 3, 18, the same as Ephesians 5, 22. Hebrews 13, 17. James 4, 7. 1 Peter 2, 21. 1 Peter 5, 5. I went through those quickly, but God tells man to submit. In every one of these verses, you'll find these words, submit yourselves. But God never forces anyone to trust, to submit, or obey. In the following scriptures, you'll find this phrase, they hearkened not. Exodus 6, 9. Exodus 16, 20. In fact, this is a sampling. If you just looked up those words, they hearken not. You'll find it throughout the word of God. Every time you find that word because, you'll see the result of a decision or a behavior that they had. Number six, 
Man is told to reason with God. Turn your Bibles to Isaiah 1. This is a great verse if you've not read it before or heard it. Uh, this is a great verse that would be in the top 100 verses perhaps and verses to memorize uh, from the Bible. Isaiah 1, 18. Isaiah 1, 18. I've had folks to tell me, man cannot reason with God. Well, why did he tell me to in the Bible then? Isaiah 1.18, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord of hosts. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Let me just stop right there so we can say amen. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Glory to God. Hey, that didn't take much reasoning for me. You mean I'll give you all my sin and you'll give me salvation? Man, that sounds like a trade right there. I'll give you my sin, you give me salvation. I put my faith in you and you give me the gift of eternal life. That's a done deal. As a five-year-old boy, I was smart enough to receive that deal. I was smart enough to receive Christ as Savior. And I'm thankful. He says, come now and let us reason together. In the following scripture references, you'll find these words, they reasoned, they reasoned. Matthew 16, 7. Matthew 21, 25. They reasoned. Mark chapter 2, verse number 8. Chapter 8, verse number 16. Giving you a sampling. They reasoned. Acts 18, 4. He reasoned and persuaded. Acts 24, 25. He reasoned and Felix, and Felix trembled. When he reasoned of judgment, of death, of sin... Acts 28, 29, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. Let's look at one, Mark chapter 2. Let's look at this, Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, talking about reasoning. Man is told to reason with God. And again, I'm giving you just a sampling. Just a sampling of these verses. Verse number 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. That's connected to the verses before. And the men bringing the man sick with the palsy to Christ. Verse number 6, but there were certain of the scribes sitting there. Now what did they see? They saw a man had the palsy, could not come to Jesus. Four men carried him to Jesus. First bus ministry in the Bible right there, Mark chapter 2. They let him down through the ceiling. The Bible says that Jesus looked on them and said these words in verse number 5. Verse number 6, But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? That's what the accusation was. They reasoned in their heart. You know what they reasoned? You know what they concluded? Why, this is blasphemous. They didn't believe Jesus was the Savior. They reasoned, and they reasoned wrong. They were wrong. Number seven, seventh statement out of nine, God commands men to walk in his ways, but he does not force us to do so. Isaiah 30, 21, I quote, This is the way, walk ye in it. Psalm 81, 12, they walked in their own counsels. Number eight, God commands man to be holy. God commands man to be holy. Uh, Leviticus 20, verse number seven, Be ye holy, for I am holy. The result, Deuteronomy 9, 12, this group, they corrupted 
themselves. They weren't holy. God tells men to be holy, but he does not force men to be holy. You decide. Don't blame God for your failures. God made you with a free will. You have to decide. You have to determine what you're going to do. You must receive and you must decide that you're going to obey the word of God. Now, the ninth thing, I want to walk through some of the Ten Commandments here and just show you that man is not forced to obey, but he's given the opportunity and the ability to obey. Exodus 20, verse number 9, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Deuteronomy 17, 3, They served other gods. Exodus 20, verse number 4, Thou shalt not make any graven images. Psalm 78, 58, They moved him to jealousy with their graven images. Exodus 20, verse number 7, uh, not to take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Psalm 139, 20, For they did take thy name in vain. Exodus 20, verse number 8, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Nehemiah 13, 17, Ye do and profane the Sabbath day. With every commandment, there are examples of obedience and there are examples of disobedience. Here's a strong verse I want you to see. Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30, and when somebody says, well, that's the Old Testament, I'm say, well, that's pretty good. You figured that out. Now there's two of them. There's an old one and a new one. Creation's in the Old Testament. It's Jesus' favorite book to preach out of. Verse number 19, Deuteronomy 30, verse number 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore... Choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Choose life. Choose life. I've given you that choice. God gives man the decision. God gives man a will. How could the Bible be true if God decided that some in the same family would go to heaven and some would go to hell? I will not read a single book that questions the word of God on this matter of whosoever will. I don't care who wrote it and how many, if he knew Augustine himself. It wouldn't matter to me uh, what kind of degree, if he had more degrees than a thermometer. It wouldn't matter to me if he questions the whosoever will. He is an ignorant man. He's a foolish man. And he doesn't believe the Bible. I want the word of God. Perhaps the most important matter other than salvation itself is to know that we're saved. The only way we can know is to know. The only way we can know is to know that we've received by faith the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. If God determined that against our will, we couldn't know if we were saved or not. We couldn't preach a funeral with any assurance of salvation. I say this most every time. I'll say, I can say a lot of things about this lady or about this man. The greatest and most important thing I could say, she was a believer. He put his faith and trust in Christ. And our sorrow is temporary. We'll see them again. I mean, I could tell you they were a multimillionaire. I could tell you they fed the poor. I could tell you uh, they built a hospital. I could tell you they built churches in foreign countries. None of that matters unless that person is a saved person. There's no greater joy or assurance than to be able to know that we're saved. Here's this verse, 2 Timothy 1.12. <laughs> I told you the story about the man, military fella. He said, I watched every service in Kuwait uh, Monday night. He punched his, uh, I, I picked up my watch and put it on. And he punched his son. He, after church, he told me, he said, he's finished. 
is he always puts his watch on just 30 seconds before he's finished. But he said, I was disappointed tonight. You were 33 minutes instead of exactly 30 minutes. I said, well, my introduction don't count when I'm in another church. So 2 Timothy 1.12, for the which cause I also suffered these things. Listen to this. I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. 